to the Data Skeptic bonus feed, where we release extended content on data science, statistics, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. Well, I'm here with David Carmona, the GM of AI at Microsoft. David, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me here. To get started, could you tell me a little bit about your role? I lead a, a marketing team for AI in Microsoft, mm -hmm. uh, specifically uh, working with enterprises and developers. Uh, what, is, what do you mean when you say AI? Oh, that's an interesting question, yeah. So I think you ask that question to every single person in this, mm -hmm. in this audience, or you will have 10,000 different answers. Yeah, absolutely. I have mine, uh, and I think uh, one of the key things that, that we want to do at, at, at Microsoft is, is to have a common view Mm -hmm. on defining AI, and especially because there are so many different terms, it's just to, to have the common taxonomy, right? So mm -hmm. you saw probably today in the keynote we were using the term AI a lot, mm -hmm. and that's because we do believe that AI is really landing as the category name, right? So the concept of AI is really starting to get understood in the in the audience, uh, so we, we certainly want to be aligned with that. Uh, when you ask around what is AI and, and then separating it from machine learning, deep learning, and sure. things like those, I think when we talk about AI, we talk more about the result of AI. It's, it's more what is the visualization of AI. When we talk about machine learning and deep learning, it's more how we get there, right? So usually ways that I, that I feel very uh, aligned on how to define AI is things that are more associated with human intelligence, right? So, and I usually categorize those in three areas. I always say that AI is about understanding, understanding our world, and that brings a whole new level on scaling in that understanding, right? So it's suddenly you are able to understand an image, understand text, understand the meaning behind a text, understand voice. That allows you to scale on massive amounts of raw data with that information from the real world mm -hmm. that now you can take it to a new level, right? So when you're able to understand your raw customer feedback, that's a tool that you have that is very powerful, right? The second thing that I, that I always say on AI is more about the concept of reasoning, right? Is what to do with that data. Is taking the data to a new level because we're able to apply machine learning to understand patterns that otherwise we wouldn't be able to understand, right? Mm -hmm. And that anything that has to do with predictions, anything that has to do with uh, behavioral models on data, uh, identifying actions for your, from the business point of view or even from the consumer point of view, super powerful for AI. And then the last one that I, that I always mention, which I think is, is the one that gets most of the credit for AI, mm -hmm. is that ability for AI to really remove the barrier between technology and people. Mm -hmm. It's creating these natural interfaces to interact with technology. And I think that's the most magical of the three, right? Because that is the, is the one piece of AI that is bringing the technology to more people instead of taking that technology to just some elites, right? And mm -hmm. usually in the past, we've seen how technology get more constrained when it gets more complicated. In this case, AI, as complicated as it can be perceived, it can be used by anybody, right? yeah, and yeah. that's beautiful. That's something that I, that I love about, about AI. Yeah. So in, in bringing things to developers, if you told me, hey, I help bring SQL Server or bring continuous integration or some of these cloud computing, these are services yep. developers already understand and they're ready to, to learn and use. Maybe they need to hear about new features, but yeah. it's probably straightforward. 
when you say you bring AI to developers, yeah. this <laughs> sounds like a big challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are the first steps in kicking off conversations? Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, that's that's a great question. The, so th something that that we that we see a lot. Uh, I don't know if you have uh, you have that experience yourself, but something that when 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 I talk with developers, it's very hard some sometimes to to put labels on, on, on people, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no such a thing as a pure developer of a pure data scientist. So sure. you have you have people who develop more and then they they are able to do analysis as a second thing. Uh -huh. There are people who are mostly more analytic centric than they do developing, right? So mm -hmm. and it's a spectrum, right? So it goes from the pure, you know, LOB developer working very heavily on things like the user experience to the pure data scientist very focused on 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 the on the math behind it, right? And, and that that whole spectrum, I think the Something that we are trying to do in Microsoft very hard is how we provide solutions for the full spectrum so you are in control on how deep you want to get, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no silver bullet for AI. So we do believe that the technology has to adapt to what the developer or the data scientist want another way around, right? So yeah. today, if, if you look at things that we've been talking, it's clearly that spectrum, right? So we did talk a lot on cognitive services, right, mm -hmm. on end services that are ready for developers to use. Mm -hmm. But then we move that a little bit to the right in that spectrum, allowing customization for those services. So that's one step further, right, is yeah. how without getting into uh, modeling, into creating your own models or understanding deep learning in depth, you can still custom train those models that, that we create for uh, your scenario. But then we also talk about deep learning. Mm -hmm. A lot in this keynote, right? And and we share things like the new uh, Azure AI, um, Azure Batch AI training mm -hmm. service that basically allows you to use any any framework from Cognitive Toolkit to TensorFlow to Cafe, and then using it uh, at scale in in Microsoft Azure, right? In in the cloud. So yeah. that that was something that really shows how we don't believe on silver bullets, and we do believe on on options for developers and data scientists. And I I I feel very strong that we shouldn't be the ones deciding. So it should be the developers. So I see developers that feel very comfortable with those services mm -hmm. and the customization on those services. But if I, I also find a lot of developers that are super interested on going deeper and going to the deep learning core uh, uh, framework so they can have all the flexibility. I, I, I think we should partner there with them so we can make them embrace those more easily. I'm curious to hear more about the customization one can do in cognitive services. Yeah. You know, for example, I mean, facial recognition in cognitive services is more or less a solved problem. Yeah. Now, maybe if I uh, work at uh, a company that does Halloween masks, that perhaps <laughs> that would trick it. Yeah. And then I need to go to the customization yeah, route. Yeah, that's a good example. Uh, what are the steps for the person in that role to get going and yeah. to make that a reality? Yeah, that, that's a good example. I'm going to use that example in the future, the <laughs> right, Halloween masks. Uh, so, so I think a good way of looking at this is comparing to what we have now, right? So what we have now across the industry is you have a hard decision to make. Uh, if you are doing masks, then if you use an, a finished service and you run it through your data set, you are going to get all the time, this is a mask, this is a mask, uh -huh. this is a mask, right? Yeah. There's no, there's nothing else, right? right so right. there's no custom training. Then you have to go to the deep learning wall. In the deep learning wall, then you have to train this over 
probably hundreds of thousands of images for right. really getting to the level of depth in that neural net that can allow you to get to that level of customization, yeah. right? Uh, I think with this customization in Carnegie Services, we added, because those two options are still there, and we don't think that th those two options are invalid. They're both perfectly valid, but we added a new one in the middle, which is basically the way that it works internally is that in this case, so if you compare with any service in the past, there's one model that is shared across every single user that is hitting that endpoint, that REST API. Mm -hmm. What we did is that we instantiate a deep learning model just for you. So we have the concept of state in these uh, cognitive services that you don't usually have in a service like right. this. Then once we instantiate that for you, we allow you to custom train that model. And you can do that very easily, both from the REST API, so you can submit your, in this case, if it's vision, then pictures, if it's voice, then uh, uh, you know sound. Um, and we do that both from the API, but also with a very easy to use administration tool in a uh, browser based. Mm -hmm. So you can basically add a bunch of images and you need dozens. You don't need hundreds or thousands, right? So for each scenario, just a dozen images could be enough in some cases. Mm -hmm. You just need to tag them or just use an existing data set and that's it. From that moment, the model will be custom trained and you can use it from there. At any moment, you can retrain the model and you can one by one even for the images that you are using for your model, you can manually tag afterwards, so the model get reinforcement learning, right? Ah, so you can neat. take it from there and, and really in very make it better and better over time. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit the best of both worlds uh, for, for developers that really want to have deep learning on their custom scenarios without getting into deep learning. So you mentioned you bring uh, the AI that Microsoft has to developers and enterprise. I'm curious, where do you see more momentum? Is it executives saying we need to do this or developers <laughs> saying we can be doing this? That's a great question. Yeah, both, both. Yeah. So I think uh, I see usually in our customers uh, from the top-down point of view, so from the decision-maker point of view, mm -hmm. uh, there's this huge interest on AI, right? Mm -hmm. The needs in there are very different. Where they are asking us every time is, hey, what are the possibilities? What, how do I filter all this information that I'm getting from media that this is gonna change my business to reality, and how can I be successful here? So I want to take steps I want to make sure that I don't go into a two-year project, right? I just want to understand what is the impact in my business mm -hmm. to, with agility, being in that in that trend in the right direction, right? So that's from the access point of view. A lot of a lot of discussion in there on, hey, what are the, the what are my horizontal scenarios that I can get ROI quicker? What are the vertical scenarios that I can get that ROI quicker? And how do I get there? Mm -hmm. uh, from the technical role point of view, so what we get a lot is very different than that. What we get a lot is, hey, help me embrace this thing. So how do I transition? from where I am now, mm -hmm. without leaving where I am, because we tend to think that every wave of technology just builds you know, separately over the previous one, and sure. that never happens. Right. It's always on top of, right? So I have a business to run. In this case of a developer, I have thousands of applications to maintain, and I want to infuse AI without starting from scratch, both from my code base and my skills, because I already have skills. How do I embrace AI, right? So that's that's the typically the, the conversation that we see in there. Uh, there's a lot of interest in both, right? So you see sure. 
anything right now out there. I'm from both sides. We see huge amount of developers super interested on AI from that angle on how do I infuse it in my current applications. And then from the executive point of view, they are super interested on how they can change the business with it. So for an organization like that, ready to embrace AI, about to take their first step, and I'm sure there, there's a whole spectrum of offerings they could be looking at, yeah. from cognitive computing to other yeah. options. What's been a typical gateway drug into the process? Huh. I, yeah, so I, I, I look at that from two different angles. Mm -hmm. One is the maturity. So we, mm -hmm. we see solutions that from the maturity point of view, they are lower friction for enterprises to adopt. So it's a natural place for them to start. And that's the typical example that we see of that is how enterprises are embracing bots as a new user interface, and we see that all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. It's like almost getting to mainstream at this stage, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, then you have solutions that are a little bit more complex and difficult to implement. It takes more time, so we see those lagging behind a little bit. That's one angle. But the other one that I always, that, that I usually use for, for enterprises to, to start from, is just starting from the data that you have, right? So at the end, the AI is going to be as good as the data that you have, mm -hmm. and AI is going to be as unique for your business as unique your data is, right? Mm -hmm. So what are the key data assets that you have in your company that nobody has in the industry? What is your intelligence? What is that data that really defines you as a business? If you have that identified, start there. That's a good place to start, mm -hmm. right? And now think on multiple angles, how you can use that data with AI to get to new levels, right? And I usually uh, touch like four, like it's more like ideas to start from, right? So I always think of how you can use that data to get better products. So the product that you're selling, can mm -hmm. it get better with AI? That's a, that's a good way to start. Or how that data with AI can help me optimize processes. That's usually a, I wouldn't say easy, but it's usually a first step that a lot of enterprises are doing is, hey, I have this process, I want to make it better, how can I optimize it, right? So mm -hmm. that's a usually a low-hanging fruit. You can change the way that you communicate with customers. So what are your channels with customers and how can you enhance those channels yeah. with AI? Yeah. And then the last one is how you can make your employees more productive. So mm -hmm. look at your employees, where are they spending the time, where, where are the assets? from hey, it's the creativity, is empowering that employee and removing things that are not adding value to their final goal and how you can use AI to really augment that employee's capability. Are there any use cases that you're allowed to speak about that uh, you find pretty insightful or novel or interesting? An example that I love is an ISV AirDoc that, that we show it today. AirDoc has this amazing service for doctors to help them diagnose specific disease complication of diabetes, right? Mm -hmm. And that is actually, it's a good example of how technology can really augment the doctor's capability because it allows solving a problem in China of scale for doctors, right? So this makes much easier for doctors to diagnose mm -hmm. and therefore scale and get to the whole population in China. That's a beautiful example because from the technology point of view, starting on that side of the spectrum is you have a huge, a very deep, high-skilled data scientist, employees or technical people in that company, and they use the Microsoft platform to really be more productive, add more performance, and therefore being able to iterate very quickly in the, in the algorithm mm -hmm. and the deep neural net so they can get to the result that they were looking for. That's something that I, I feel very connected with. Then to bring another example on the other side, right, uh -huh. on the developer side, we, we show it today another example. It's, it's a company called Human Interact. It's basically an indie game company 
100%, so this company is the opposite. It's 100% game developers, right? So they are 100% focusing on creating an amazing game, right? So no deep knowledge of data scientist uh, skills, right? right. Uh, in their case, the problem is a good example because they had this, this issue, right? So they wanted to add voice recognition to the game. Uh, so I'm a developer. I don't want to get super deep on, on deep neural nets. So what do I have in the market? They try all the voice recognitions that they had in the market. And the problem is that because it was a science fiction video game, they used terms that they were very specific to the game, right? Mm -hmm. So they were made up terms, sure. right? So yeah, yeah. you can apply traditional Finnish services mm -hmm. to power that solution. So what they did is using custom recognition service or the custom speech service that, that we provide as well. And that allows them to train on top of the uh, initial uh, service they train that service with their own commands, right? And with, the, with that environment, really? so it worked for their solution. Oh, that's very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, to wrap up, maybe I could ask, uh, do you have any guesses or predictions about where we'll be in, you know, one, five, ten years out? How oh, are these wow. technologies going to yeah, be transforming? That's the, that's the one million question, the yeah, one absolutely. million dollar question, yeah. Two things. One is how we're going to bring AI to every developer. So how every developer would use AI as a tool in their belt. Yeah. for getting to amazing new scenarios that right now is difficult to envision, right? So I think once we get, you don't realize how power a technology is until every developer is not getting there, right? Uh -huh. That's when you have, it's like mobile, right? Like the internet. So when, when you start mobility, when you start the internet, you don't realize the potential of the technology until the developer community is not taking it to the next level by building on top of it. I think yeah. something magical is about to happen once we cross that line, that chasm of having all developers really embracing this is when we will see uh, amazing usage of the technologies. If I have to say then that the next step in five years is how that will bring that technology to the rest of the world, right? right? So how AI will be pervasive in the consumer side. So with all that, I always tend to start on developers, data scientists, and then how that really impacts on the, on the final user, right? I think something that we have to be very humble in the industry is that uh, the, the major providers of AI in the industry, we have to think that this is not about ourselves. This is really about empowering those people. Mm -hmm. And there's no way that we will really get to every person in the world without that ecosystem of developers doing that work, because that's really the, 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 the power of AI, yeah. right? Well, and crowdsourcing the creativity, too. Exactly. If it's yeah. democratized, who knows yeah. what inventions will come out of it. Yeah. Well, very exciting times. David, thank you so much for taking the time to share thank your insights. This was really fun. Thank you. Same here. Thank you very much. All right. Bye.